What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. Denver Post sports crew here, Ryan McFadden, Parker Gabriel. Uh, it's been an interesting few weeks on the Broncos front. We're obviously past the draft, past Broncos rookie minicamp, and steaming headlong into OTAs. Ryan, it's going to be like week one before we know it. <laughs> yeah, uh, these things tend to run go by quick, so it's like, you you feel like you had you have time before week one, and all of a sudden it creeps, it creeps up, it creeps up on you. Yeah, we're going to be going to the first day of training camp uh, before 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 <laughs> too long here. But for right now, obviously, the, a little bit of a I mean, I'd say a lull, except for there's been some you know personnel movement and all of that uh, for the Broncos as they go into uh, phase three of the workout uh, off season workout program. As it is for most of the first two phases, Sean Payton has had his group basically like weight room and running. Um, they've been able to do some stuff on the field that's not technically practiced through phase two. And now we get into three weeks of organized team activities uh, where they're practicing three days this week, three days next week, four days the week after that. And then they have a, a mandatory minicamp for three days in the middle of June. So this is kind of like, Obviously, the combine and the draft that that's like from a media perspective, those are those are big weeks in the offseason. But in terms of like your football team, this is sort of where the rubber meets the road in terms of the offseason and trying to start to, you know, put plans in place and all of that for the season. So uh, they've they've practiced. We're, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, they practice Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, reporters will be over there on Thursday for the first time. So we'll talk to Sean Payton and some some players after practice uh, and we'll see, you know, what they have to say. But Ryan, I guess just this week and then we'll revisit next week and see what we've learned. But wh when you you're going over there, it's your first year covering the team. Uh, what, what are you trying to learn like over the next few weeks? Like, what do you think is fair to try to sort of sort out this time of year? Uh, one, I want to. I'm looking forward to the overreactions. One thing I yeah. love oh, about yeah. OTAs, oh, um, yeah. you get you see like clips of practice and everyone immediately overreacts. Someone mm -hmm. getting beat on a one on one. Uh, you might see a nice pass from Russell Wilson, and we just assume this is what we're going to see into the uh, season. Um, but that's the one thing that I, I always enjoy. Uh, I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of overreaction. Obviously, I like to see what what how they play when the pads when the pads are on. Not. Um, the shorts. Uh, so, but overall, I love seeing those crazy overreactions on Twitter. Um, but, but in reality, I one thing I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing just Sean Payton interacting with, with these um, veteran guys. This is like the yeah. first time we get to see as media uh, Sean Payton interact with guys like Russell Wilson, uh, some of the other key veteran guys who who are expected to you know be there. Um, I'm looking to see. Uh, just crowded wide receivers room to see how you know what were they how they look like early on Jerry Judy Marvin Mims uh, Cortland Suns those it, uh, those are that's what those things I'm looking forward to seeing and another thing on the defensive side Randy Gregory uh, Sean Payne mentioned he's been in the building uh, to see let's see how, how he looks out there and how much interaction he's going to be on the field um, tomorrow but those are kind of things I'm looking forward to seeing um, on Thursday. Yeah, it's funny because it's it, like last year, all of this, obviously, it was all about Russ, right? Like it, he had just got here. It was the first time like he had talked to reporters maybe a few times, but, you know, you've seen him on the field for the first time. And so 
it was, that's what it all was. And it's sort of funny because we've almost, we're obviously in this sort of like post Russ hype era already for the Broncos after it went so poorly last year. But I still think at the end of the day, even though maybe there's some, some, you know, Russell Wilson fatigue or, you know, you don't know what to expect and you don't want to go to, I mean, like, I wouldn't want to go too far on a limb and say like, Oh, I think he's going to be back to being a pro bowler or whatever this fall it's way too early. I think to, talk in those terms but the reality is it that's still that dynamic between him and Sean Payton is still as important as any sort of like one-to-one relationship and dynamic in terms of success this fall right I mean like if he gets back to playing not even at like MVP Russ or or like peak Russell Wilson but like if he just gets back to being good that goes so far and it helps cover up other smaller things um, and if he doesn't, then a lot of the other work ends up being in vain. And so, like, even though you're not going to draw grand conclusions, you're not going to overreact, hopefully, um, too much tomorrow and over the next few weeks. Like, I just am very curious. I don't know how much people are going to be willing to talk about it, but like, I'm I'm very curious of what the early weeks of this, you know, look and feel like for both of those guys. And now you're getting to the point where, Sean Payton can't really say for very much longer, like, well, we're just getting started and we haven't really done this and that because like now they are. Uh, and so that that's, we can talk about a lot of other things, but to me, like that's always going to be one of the most interesting parts of this part of the off season for the next month. Yeah, most definitely. Cause when you look at that dynamic between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, I feel like that's, that's going to determine your season basically. Yeah. Um, I feel like you might look at it. I think if uh, Sean Payne could get Russell Wilson back on track to some degree, that means you're talking about a team you can actually make the expectations to possibly making a playoff appearance. Right. Uh, yeah. Especially with, especially if you got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sun, Marvin Mims. If the the wide receiver core stays healthy, um, the offensive line on paper looks looks solid with the offseason moves they made. Um, if they stay healthy, you get Javante Williams back in the mix. I think when you look at all the pieces around them, it's like you can look at like they you gave Russ um, enough to work with on offense. Now it's like it's time for you to like let's time for you to get the work. And I think that dynamic between Sean Payne and Russell Wilson, we saw like uh, Sean Payne's pass with Drew Brees um, and with the success they did. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see the type of approach Sean Payne is going to take with Russ. Um, but yeah, I think that, that's probably. The, over these next this next month, I think that dynamic is going to be something that's going to be have a lot of people interested in because, like I just said, that's going to determine your season initially. Yeah, and also like uh, after the, I think it's worth revisiting, and and maybe it'll come up tomorrow. You know, depending on who talks and all of that, if we hear from Russell. But the you know at the last after the last game of the season, they beat the Chargers, and Russell got asked about the coaching search because by that point, you know, Hackett had been fired a couple of weeks before and all that. And he really, I mean, he was not afraid of talking about Sean at that point. And he said very nice things also about uh, Jim Harbaugh and about Ejiro Evero, their defensive coordinator. Um, but he, he like called Sean Payton a wizard. He talked about how much respect he had for him and how, how sort of like eye-opening it had been working with him, even like short stints at the Pro Bowl and all of this. And so like, Russell's very strongly on the record as being sort of an admirer and an appreciator of Sean Payton. And now that they've been working together for a little while and starting this process of like, 
not only trying to put Russell Wilson's career back on the track that it was on before last year, but also like trying to put a franchise back on a track toward winning. Like it's just a fascinating dynamic. And so tomorrow, you know, will be the first of a lot of looks that we, we get at that. So that's super interesting. And um, then another one on the other side of the ball, Ryan is Vance Joseph being back in business, like being back in Denver. We didn't see him, you know, all the coaches were out there for the rookie minicamp, you know, 10 days ago. Um, Vance was not, his daughter was graduating from college. And so he was out uh, doing that, which is awesome. Congratulations. Um, But I don't know. You, you didn't cover Vance here. I didn't cover Vance here, but there are a lot of people obviously that remember the Vance Joseph era and it, it wasn't a successful one. It was just the two years, but I think, there's a lot of respect for, you know, who he is as a coach and 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 what he brings as a defensive mind. And so it'll be sort of uh, interesting to see him back out there with the Bronco on his chest uh, uh, coaching Denver's defense. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like, it's good. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how, like, uh, other, like, fans uh, look at look at that movie, bring Vance back, especially, like, his head coaching stint with the Broncos wasn't, wasn't the prettiest. Um, now he's back. Um, but, yeah, I think. I think that's another, like you said, I think that's another thing to look at, especially um, with some of the pieces they have on defense, uh, because I think they still have, they have a lot of intriguing pieces on there, like Sertan, uh, Justin Simmons, Alex Singleton. They just added Zach Allen. So, and, and Vance Joseph is someone who, who has been a solid coordinator over the years. So it'll be interesting to see how kind of like bringing that back and, and having that familiarity with, with the Bronco, with the franchise in the past, how how would that help in terms of the adjustment uh, the adjustment period and getting you know getting the rest of the guys um, ready to go? Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's it's interesting. The defensive coordinator thing played out a little bit strangely after Sean got hired because there'd been a lot of talk, um, you know, before Sean Payton actually was hired as a Broncos coach, like if he got a job he was going to try to bring Vic Fangio with him. And I mean, obviously another former Broncos head coach, um, even more recent than, than Vance. Um, and that, that didn't happen. And then at the combine, like Peyton made no bones about the fact that he tried to convince Vic uh, to do this with him, but like they had good options um, at, at defensive coordinator. And like, I, I, I was trying to, I was thinking about this during the search, Ryan, like, when you interview for the Broncos defensive coordinator job, like if you turn on the tape, you're just like, Oh, look, number two, <laughs> that looks like a good job to me. Uh, because that, you know, Pat Sertan is obviously one of the best. Um, and overall, like their defense is in an interesting spot because he's, he's an all pro um, at 22 years old. Uh, they've got some nice pieces, obviously like Zach Allen has worked with Vance Joseph each of the last four years in Arizona. And at the same time, like, the difference between what Denver's defense was in the first half of last year compared to the second half. There's a lot of reasons for that. Randy Gregory's injury, they traded uh, Bradley Chubb. They had some other injury issues. And then just like the a losing season just sort of takes a toll eventually. But it was one of the very best defenses in the NFL for the first half of the year. And it definitely was not over the second half of the season, especially, you know, later on. So um it's a high bar, I think, for Vance. Like, I think he's going to find that the expectations are really high uh, among the fan base and probably with his head coach and and in and and from the media too, because you saw what the defense could be sort of at full throttle last year um, 
with a super talented first year coordinator in Ajiro Evero. Um, but that's, that's going to be the standard. I think that this group uh, is held to this fall. Oh yeah. I, no, I agree with you on there. Like, I think when you look at that first half of the season, um, they, they played really strong defense. They were, they were really, I thought they were really solid. And I think going into this year, especially adding, adding Zach Allen, um, I kind of like you, you're starting to get away from that inj- injury narrative now. So it's like, and now, especially with Sean Payne at the helm, it's like you're going into this season like we really want to get the ball rolling. There's like there's no for me, there's no excuse to like uh, I don't think there will be too many excuses from the fan base and people around to uh, accept like a settle in like phase and waiting for things to regress. I think this is when you when you hire Sean Payton um, and then the year before that you trade for Russell Wilson. It's like you're kind of looking like all right, the timeline is ticking. We gotta we gotta get the ball rolling really quick. Um, so yeah, it's going to, I, I think the expectation on the defense side is going to be very high, especially, like I said, the talent, you're bringing a defensive coordinator with familiarity with the franchise, as well as, like I said, is they had a strong first half, obviously injuries got them towards the end in the second half, but going in this season, that injury narrative's out the way. It's like, we're, I think this defense, there's, there's a lot of eyes going to be on this defense to especially get the ball rolling week one. And I think they have the, I think they have the talent to do that. Like, there's a little bit concerns on the on terms of depth on the defensive line, but like when you look at Sertan, Justin Simmons, uh, Singleton, um, those guys, you have a lot of solid playmakers on that side of the ball, and it's gonna be interesting to see how Vance can kind of put the put it all together. Yeah, a couple of uh, depth moves this just this week that sort of start to address a couple of the areas where you would have thought you not not signings that you're gonna be like, like this time of year that you're going to look at and be like, oh, wow, that's a, a game changer. Not like free agency when they're, you know, signed Mike McGlinchey and Zach Allen and six guys in the same day. But, you know, Tyler Lancaster, they signed as a defensive tackle um, and he played in 59 games over four years uh, for Green Bay, was hurt last year um, right after he said, was it Baltimore he signed with? And then he got hurt with somebody else. No, no, it was, it was the Raiders. I'm sorry. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was the Raiders. And then he missed the whole year on injured reserve, but um a guy like that is it, that's or Cam Fleming then the tackle they signed um, just today officially and and it got out yesterday. Um, that's those are the kind of signings that that don't turn a lot of heads this time of year. And then like come November, you're like, oh yeah, this guy's going to play 30 snaps a game because of injuries or because of you know whatever situation arises. And so I, I think I think you're spot on with the analysis on defense of there's talent but there's a couple of areas where you just wonder still about the depth and mostly that's on the defensive line um, and on the edge. So, you know, that's why there'll be a lot of eyes on Randy Gregory. Um, that's why there'll be a lot of eyes on Zach Allen and DJ Jones. I mean, these guys are uh, Baron Browning on the edge as well. You know, all guys that have dealt with injuries in the past and that they're really counting on to be the core of their, you know, front seven. Yeah. And then I also to speak on the edge, you, you kind of got, um, it's probably not going to attract a lot of eyes, but you got to also look at someone like like Nick Benito, um, yeah. who's going to his second year. Is because you saw in this draft they didn't they didn't go after um, you didn't see them draft another edge. You didn't see them um, or, uh, like add add more depth into that position. So it's like you're going to the season there like expecting someone like a Nick Benito to kind of like elevate his game in year two. So that's another guy um, you kind of you 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 want to keep your eye on as well is when you're dealing with someone like Randy Gregory with you know his his past and dealing with the injuries last year, you're going to have, you're going to have to look at, all right, can Nick Benito kind of like 
you know, take a leap because if he takes a leap, that's going to help. That's going to help that position group out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, they, they, they need him to, I mean, that's, you know, they drafted him uh, where they did in the second round last year. And I think he gets a little bit of a, you know, like there's some pressure that comes along with being the team's top draft pick. I mean, I think Marvin Mims obviously in the same boat this year, not like they drafted either of those guys 15th overall. Uh, They're both right at the end of the second round, but you get that, you get that moniker of being the first guy that the team took in the draft and there's expectations attached to that. And he, at the end of last year, there was a, there was a spot right in the middle of the year where Benito really it looked like he was coming on strong. And then, you know, it's just, it's tough. It's tough to play on the line of scrimmage in the NFL as a rookie. And um, he had some struggles and didn't play a whole lot down the stretch. And, and, you know, it was pretty clear at the end of the season about needs to be more consistent and, and, and work, you know, like a professional and all of that. And so um, you certainly don't, you know, you certainly don't put it past them to to take a big jump from year one to year two, but there's some pressure obviously in that, yeah. in that position group to be able to do that um, between him and Baron Browning is just going into a second year of playing outside linebacker after playing inside his rookie year. And so it's an interesting group. Like they have some pieces that, you know, it's like, it's one of those classic, like if you squint and everything goes right, um, you can see the path toward him being really disruptive. But as we know, like things don't usually just go exactly the way you plan on them going and everybody stays healthy and everybody plays great uh, in the NFL. So definitely a position to watch there too. I don't know. One thing that we don't know is if there's even going to be a kicker during OTAs. <laughs> uh, they don't have one on the roster as we speak here at 325 PM. They did work out three of them today, but uh, I don't know what you made of it, Ryan, uh, especially being, you know, relatively new here, but did it surprise you at all? The extent to that, um, releasing a kicker was like big news around here, uh, the other day. I mean, you come from Baltimore, Justin, Justin Tucker is like maybe the best ever. So kickers are important too. Oh yeah. Trust me. If the, if the Ravens release Justin Tucker, that's front page on that's front, that's front yeah. page. That's yeah. a front page story. So I'm used, you know, I'm used to, uh, the kickers demanding a lot of attention, but yeah, over like from the outside looking, like I was kind of, I was kind of shocked to see um, um, Brandon get get released. That wasn't something you kind of woke up and expect to see. This is um, what's going to happen today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was not that was not in the playing card. So it's going to be this. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see like you know, um, who did they kind of? I would like to kind of see like one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing going into tomorrow is like what led into that decision. Yeah, um, that's the key. I think that's probably one of the, the biggest questions Sean Payne is going to get asked uh, tomorrow is like kind of what led into that decision and kind of what is he looking for now um, in like when searching for a kicker? Like what what are you looking for now that Brandon couldn't, you know, provide going into this year? So it it was kind of it, it was kind of a little bit of a surprise to see that news come out. Um, but, yeah, we're going to tomorrow OTAs. No, no kicker, <laughs> kicker free zone. Yeah. It, I mean, I think, I mean, I, and Brandon said this over the course of last year. I mean, last year was not his, his best year. Uh, he missed eight field goals. I think that tied for the NFL lead. Uh, normally a guy for a guy who's been, I mean, he's made a lot of long kicks in his career, but you really, you know, especially kicking in an outdoor stadium and, and with, with weather conditions as the year goes on, like, He's always been pretty much automatic from from 40 and in, which you which you have to be today in the NFL. And he wasn't last year. They had some operational issues. They had at least two or three kicks blocked. Um, and so that just was like it was just kind of one of those years. And 
I, w- I wondered after the year, I think I wrote this in a roster story at some point, if they might bring in competition for him uh, or if they might try to replace him. But the eve of OTAs after free agency and after the draft and all of that is sort of an interesting time to make yep. this move. So to your point, like curious to sort of know what they say about the timing of it, especially. Um, and then also like they've got some, they've got some interesting options in terms of the, who they're working out. Um, you know, Brett Maher uh, has kicked a lot in the NFL, obviously ha- actually had a really good year for Dallas until the playoffs when he got the yips basically and was one for five missed four extra points in that playoff game. They won uh, easily, but missed four extra points in a playoff game, missed a, another one again the next week when they lost. Uh, and so, you know, he's got the bona fides and also that one sort of like flashing light uh, on, on the resume. And then Elliot Fry um, has kicked in the NFL too. And and Parker White, I think is a younger guy, um, but th- they've got, those are the first three in for, for workouts uh, here on Wednesday. And then, you know, maybe the, like one of those guys enough to sign um, and maybe the competition, you know, stays open longer than that. Yeah. And, you know, if they, if they sign Brett, that continues that trend of Sean Payton bringing um, the saints That's into, right. <laughs> into uh, bringing that familiarity into uh, Denver uh, since he played one, uh, 20, the 2021 season with him. Yeah, that's right. And also, uh, you know, Nebraska guy too. So that's, yeah. old. Uh, I had some, I had some Nebraska fans on Twitter saying from, from my old days of covering the Cornhuskers about, you know, Hey, they should just go get Brat Maher. If they go past those three, Mason Crosby, like this might've actually been before you were alive, Ryan, but like Mason Crosby kicked at the university of Colorado. Um, but he's been in the oh, NFL wow. so long that, uh, <laughs> like, it's hard to, it's hard to even remember that. That was like, I think that was, that was like before I was in college. So that wow. he's been in the NFL for, I think, 16 years. So, uh, yeah. Any, what else? So we're obviously, you know, we'll hear from Sean. We'll hear from a bunch of the, the players over anybody in particular. You you're curious to sort of hear from as, as this goes on. I mean, we haven't heard really from any of the key free agent signings so far. So that'll probably be part of the next few weeks. Um, like, what do you, just from a, a roster standpoint, like wh- who who do you think will be interesting to hear from over the next month? I think obviously Russ is one big key one because it feels like like it's like the hiring pain is it, it feels like Russ got his guy at head coach, so it's kind of what you want to kind of pick his brain and figure out like you know yeah actually like a lot of your key guys just figure out what was their initial reaction yeah. um, to the hiring because we you really hasn't had much said about them. Um, I probably like looking like one of the receiver like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. There was so much talk around them yeah. going in throughout the offseason. Kind of you want to kind of figure out like, you know, how they took that. Um, and also at the same time, how they feel with, you know, the franchise, you know, state like still believing in them by, you know, like, you know, disregarding any trade talks. But like those two guys were talked about for months in terms of the Broncos, you know, trading for them and teams reaching out. So you kind of want to see like, you know, how did it, how do they feel about it? Yeah. Um, uh, so those, I think those are two guys I'm interested in seeing, um, as well as, uh, you look at, I'll probably say on defense, Randy Gregory as well. We, you know, we get a chance to talk to him, uh, Patrick Sertan. I, uh, we were talking about this, uh, uh, we were talking about this a couple of days ago. This is, I believe this is Patrick Sertan's fourth coach, if I'm not mistaken, third or fourth coach since he's been in the league. 
Yeah, um, third head coach in as many seasons. Third head coach. He had, he had Vic his <laughs> so, rookie year, and he had Hackett last year, and now he's got Sean Payton. Right. So yeah. So it's like so we're we're at three, and he's only and he's only twenty three years old, and three entering his third season in the league. So it's like you kind of want to figure out like, hey, like you know, what has that been like, and yeah. and how he is despite you know the coaching carousel, he's still been able to perform at at a high level. He's one of the you know, top corners in the league. So, you know, trying to hear from him as well. So those are like some of the top guys you want to hear about. Just trying to get a, a sense of like, what are their thoughts on Sean Payton? You kind of want to figure out, talk to some of the other and see how Sean Payton is operating things compared to years, the past couple of years. Because from from outside looking in, it's like uh, Sean Payton has like, you know, has like got these guys locked in. And it's like nothing matters right now except football. So yeah, you kind of want to like work, see – yeah, so you kind of want to see is like, all right, what does it look like on the inside? I know they can't, they probably won't tell us a lot, but like, just to kind of see like, you know, how much has changed. But yeah, just hearing from, especially Jerry Judy and like Cor- yeah. Corona's son, just, I think those, one of those two guys, I'm looking forward to hearing um, over the course of the three weeks. One one thing about Sertan, like he's played for the, the three head coaches, but he's had Christian Parker as his defensive backs coach the yeah. entire time. And I, I talked with Justin Simmons this weekend a little bit about this at his, um, at the uh, March for peace on Saturday morning, which is a cool event that, that he is really involved with. But the thing about Christian Parker, the defensive backs coach is this is his fourth third year with the Broncos. And he was with the Packers for three years before that. And the guy's 31 years old. I mean, he's a, he's a young guy, but he's really accomplished as a coach at this point. And I think, you know, that's probably helped. I mean, Pat Sertan, like, you probably could have put him anywhere and he was going to be a great player. He's just one of those guys. But I think having, you know, Christian Parker through all that turmoil and Simmons was talking about even just the 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 simple, like, you know, okay, Evero called this, this, call this, and Vance calls it this, but they're really the same thing. Like that, having that sort of like common denominator from Vic Fangio, uh, to Ajiro Evero last year and now to Vance Joseph. Um, that I think that's probably helped that group a lot. It's probably helped Pat uh, some. But, yeah, I mean, the guy was – he was – I mean, he he's, was going to be a great player sort of no matter where he was. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, all you got to do is watch him for five minutes. And it's like, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, I see it. Um, cool. Well, I think that'll do it for this week. We'll – have a ton of coverage, denverpost.com slash Broncos out of OTAs on Thursday through the weekend into next week. Uh, and then we'll have OTAs and the NBA finals. There's a lot going on, obviously, on the, on the sports scene in Denver. Uh, but we'll have you covered on everything that happens uh, with the Broncos. Again, denverpost.com slash Broncos. First and Orange podcast, that's Ryan and Parker. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.